<gasps> oh! Great Odin's Raven! This is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy! This is, uh, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 38. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing all right. Doing all right? Well, uh, this week we're going to be reviewing Paranormal Activity 4, or as I like to call it, Paranormal Craptivity Bore. Mm. Mm. Uh? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I see uh, well, what you did there. Yeah. It was a twofer. Craptivity and bore. Uh, Uh, we'll also be highlighting some Amazon Blu-ray deals we'll be making our movie our weekly movie predictions and finally we'll be going over some of this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases Uh, before we get started with what we've been watching just wanted to give a quick promotion to Walking Dead and American Horror Story the new seasons of both of those started up so if you haven't checked them out yet highly recommend they're very good uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch. Uh, I haven't gotten to watch American Horror Story yet. It's amazing, Jessica Lang, and what they did with this new season, which I love, is that it's a completely different story, completely different setting. A lot of the actors are the same, but they're in different roles, mm. so they're playing completely different characters. So I think that that's kind of cool. I judging from one episode i have no idea what direction they're going to be taking it in so it's kind of hard to say if this is going to be better or equal to the last series yeah but i don't know i'm definitely digging it though and walking dead of course that broke another record for uh most watched cable television show i think And it's amazing, as always. So definitely check those out. Uh, Let's get it started with you this week, Kevin. What have you been watching? Oh, I finally got to see The Silent House. Silent House. This is the original. Yes, I watched the original by Gustavo Hernandez, which I guess I didn't know that it was based on a true story. Yeah, yeah. I found that slightly hard to believe. It's yeah, it's lo- loosely. It's one of those things where by the end, if you think about it, you're like, well, how can you know? Yeah. How do you know that this is how it happened? Yeah, there's there's no way to know. I mean, uh, the it has the distinction of the one continuous shot, which I found very interesting, which is the main reason I watched it. And... I have to say that I liked it, you know, I liked that idea and the way that they executed it. I mean, you could tell that there was scenes of complete darkness, you know, to to mask it. Right. But even then, you know, like I said, they did a good job of masking it. They they really did a good job of that, even when, because they kept the sound going and that's what really made you think that it was still one shot. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning, it was very, very tense. I have to say, like I was, I was into it. And then, you know, once the story sort of unfolded, I was just like, come on. Yep. 
Come on. Give me a break. How is this happening? I got a big discussion on the IMDb forums about this movie and the ending. Because there were so many things that I didn't really understand about the ending. Completely implausible. Almost everything that happens in the film. There's no way it would have happened. Like when her dad comes down, you know, he goes upstairs to check the noise and then he comes down like, uh, what is he? He's like tied up and bleeding. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, and then once they explain it in the end, you're like, there's no way that happened. Yeah. There's no way that was possible. Once the big reveal happened, I was just like, oh man, not into this anymore. Yeah. I I mean, I'm definitely not. Did you see the the remake? No, I haven't seen the remake. Yeah, I'm not going to anymore. I saw, <laughs> actually, I sat down to watch the remake when it first came out, and I started watching it, uh, but I, I didn't finish it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely can't recommend it. I thought it was a pretty good performance from the the girl that played Laura, but other than that, just the story was just completely implausible, just huge plot holes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I usually don't care too much about plot holes, but when they're that big and that critical to the entire story, I'm sorry, just, it takes me out. So definitely don't recommend that one. It's an interesting experiment that just didn't work in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I do really like the the idea of the one long continuous shot. And like I said, they, I mean, they executed it really well, but they just didn't have a story with it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and even even though they do mask cuts, you can still tell that these are extremely long. Oh yeah, takes that they're and doing. and that was the only. The other only thing else that was sort of detrimental is knowing that it's con- one continuous long shot. So I was more involved with that part of the film, yeah. like looking mm-hmm. to see if they fuck up, that it sort of took me out mm-hmm. of the actual film. Because I'm just like, all I'm doing is watching the shot, right. watching the exactly. editing. Mm-hmm. So that sort of played against it a little bit. But again, like you said, good idea, just didn't work out. They didn't have a good story for it. Uh, and then the next one I got, uh, based on a recommendation from you, I watched The Descent. I love The Descent. It's one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Written, directed by Neil Marshall. Big fan. Uh, I have to say that I was sort of surprised. Like, I wouldn't think after watching this film, I wouldn't think to myself, oh, Adam would love this. I just love it. I just think it's a great movie. I love the... The, the characters, I actually liked all the characters. I like how it wasn't just the creatures that were that they were up against. Um, I like for how the majority of the film, probably the first what first half of the film is it has nothing to do with them and it's more of a survival story. Yeah, I like survival stories and I'm gonna come back to that when I go over my list. I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, the the first scene, the you know, the tragic event at the beginning, that caught me completely off guard. Oh yeah, and yeah. I was just like, "What the hell am I watching?" And then you know, once they got into the whole, you know, the spur lunking, I have to say that it could have just been that. 
because that shit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> like they didn't even need the crawlers. Like when she's stuck in that that one like uh, crevasse. Yeah, Lord have mercy. Because I don't know if you did you go on a spurlunking expedition in sixth grade. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that shit. I I was reminded of that watching this film, and I can't believe our school did that. Yeah. Why the hell were sixth graders spurlunking? But we did do a lot of the like yeah. the thing that she got stuck in a little yeah crevasse, we did that we did it was that awesome. why the hell did we do that? It's awesome. It was awesome, but at the same time, looking back, I'm like, that was completely irresponsible. Sixth graders doing that shit. I remember it was just like one guy with us, which was our science teacher. Like I don't (laughs) even remember anyone else being with us. Did you? Well, did you find the movie to be scary? Uh, In the beginning, yes. And the main problem that I had was I thought the crawlers were creepy as shit at first when they were just sort of like in the peripheral, and you would just sort of catch like silhouettes of them. the one scene where he's like lapping up water into his mouth, that was crazy. What about the night vision scene when he pops up in the night vision? That was the pretty first, good too. The, the first only, time I saw it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. The only problem I have was is I think they should have took a less is more approach with him. Cause the more that they showed him, like when they actually like interacted with the group of cavers, mm-hmm. I it just uh, sort of took me out of it like the more that i saw them they became stale and i'm just like ah, it sort of turned into like an action movie you know when they're just like wrestling around with them yeah sort of that was that was my main complaint i wish they they just kept them all from the peripheral just you know because to me that scared the shit out of me more than when i actually like saw them and they're like wrestling around and stuff yeah yeah and then some of the effects were awful. Well, it was 2005. This movie, this movie did come out in 2005, so. Like when they're first going descending into the cave. It's just like, that looks terrible. You can tell it's a green screen. Well, yeah, plus it was 2005 plus. This isn't a big budget film. No. You know, this is, this is a small film. If you want to see some bad stuff, watch The Descent too. Oh, I'm I'm sure that's even worse. <laughs> it's it's horrible. Like I was so let down by the, the sequel. Oh God, it's awful. Yeah, I imagine that it is. It was pretty. It was pretty decent though. I call it the decent. Uh, and then I watched today. I watched Contempt, which is the Godard movie from 1963. And holy shit, this was awesome. It was fucking awesome. Definitely a 10 out of 10 in my book. It's a film about making a film. And it's almost, I mean, you could almost compare it to like, it's its like Godard's eight and a half, almost. Mm. And it's very odd because he used to make such avant-garde films. And this is sort of like his most straightforward, uh, like most accessible film that he's made. You know, it has Bridget Bardot in it, which is crazy enough. And it's like a big budget, and he uses like CinemaScope. And the weird thing is, is that he's adapting two works. Like, the movie is based on a 
book by Alberto Moravia. But in the movie, the people are making a adaptation of the Odyssey. So he's working on both of those things because the relationship of the screenwriter, who's the main character, and Bridget Bardot, who's his wife, is sort of shadows the Ulysses and Penelope from the Odyssey. And apparently it's also like autobiographical because it's about Godard and his wife. And it, the way the film goes is also about the way that the film was going at the time in real life. And it does star Jack Palance, who you may know as Curly from City Slickers. Yeah, I know Jack Palance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he plays, he plays like the American producer. And he is just a vile creature. He is so terrible. I remember that. Sh- remember that show that he hosted. It was like, what was it called? It was like, be- was it Beyond Belief, or something? I remember he hosted a show that was. Might have been. I think it was Beyond Belief. Beyond Belief. He, they used to always play reruns of it on Sci-Fi. But he plays a huge asshole. But it also has uh, the director in the film is Fritz Lang playing himself, the director of M and Metropolis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was pretty good in it. It was just the the music, all the performances, and just the editing alone were amazing. And it was it's bizarre that he cast Bridget Bardot, and apparently like the actual producers in real life were pissed off because Bridget Bardot is like this huge sex symbol at the time, and he just made her wear like plain clothes. And, like, put a wig on her half the time because she's known as, like, this blonde bombshell. But he makes her wear a wig. And I guess apparently the producers were very pissed off that there wasn't one nude scene. But apparently he compromised and there's a nude scene at the beginning that he had to put in. Oh, there we go. Sort of appease him. There we go. I might have to check that out. Yeah, a lot of different layers to it. It was great. Loved it. And then the other one I watched was Paranormal Craptivity Boar. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll we'll get to we'll tackle that one. Unfortunately, we will. Well, as you all know, Halloween is upon us, and I am taking full advantage of this season, and I'm cranking out a lot of horror movies that I either just haven't seen or really wasn't interested in or whatever. And I started with Don't Look Now, which is a film from 1973 starring Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. This is considered a horror classic. This was on that Rotten Tomatoes Top 75. It's good. Uh, I I think that it's one of these movies that it it kind of feels overrated a little bit. It's directed by Nicholas Roeg, who did... Man Who Fell to Earth, one of your favorite films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, also this is did, a, he also did Bad Timing, which I actually thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that this is the first film I've seen by this guy. Um, it's interesting. It, it feels like a classic Italian horror film. It, it all takes place in Venice. And it's kind of a weird, it's very surreal very trippy, very psychological, um, but I do recommend it. It is, it's definitely worth seeing for any any fans of horror or Italian horror specifically. So I enjoyed that. It does one of those things, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this about old horror movies, where 
the blood is like it doesn't look like blood it's like bright red mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which, uh, which is really odd that even back then they didn't know or they couldn't correctly make blood look well, real I, but but see the thing is i know they can't i've seen i've seen old movies from the 60s and 70s that made blood look real but it's true. for some reason it, but it seems like a lot of the old movies it is that like ridiculous bright red right yeah I, like i don't get it like another one of my favorite horror movies deep red from dario argento has <laughs> that bright <laughs> bright red it looks like paint but uh anyway i saw a japanese horror movie called cure which is very good it's um it kind of plays out like a police procedural where there's this detective who's investigating these strange homicides where the killer is always on the scene like he j- they just stay there and all the victims have this large x carved in to their th- neck and it's basically about him trying to figure out why these people are are murdering people and it's like uh, a, a cop murders his partner a husband murders his wife and they don't really understand why this is happening. And it's just about him trying to figure out why these people are doing this. Very good. Very interesting. I I like these kind of like murder mysteries that kind of have a horror twist to them. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's good. I love Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Yes. He also did Pulse. Bright Future, which wasn't a horror movie, but one of my favorites. Yeah, he did. uh, He did another horror movie called Loft or The Loft or something too. Retribution, I think. Yeah, so he's he's a good director. This is a great movie. This came out in two thousand one. Then saw The Children. This is a pretty intense film. I Children freak me out. Evil children. Now, I don't generally like movies about evil children. I'm not a big fan of The Omen. Uh, that one with um, Sam Rockwell, Joshua. Not a big fan of that. It was okay. But this movie was really good. I was surprised. It was very tense, very scary. A lot of like jump scares and stuff. And it was just about children that got some kind of illness that made them go crazy and kill everybody and you get to see a lot of kids being murdered in this movie (laughs) which you know it's interesting uh then i saw a movie called nori probably not pronouncing that right but it's this is another japanese horror film and this is shot like a mockumentary not found footage it's like a straightforward mockumentary with talking heads and stuff like that. Um, but this is real freaky, too. It's a little bit long. It does feel a little drawn out. But there's enough creepiness in this movie to make it well worth a watch. Very, yeah. very enjoyable. Yeah, very this freaky. is one that when I saw that you reviewed it on Letterboxd, like right away I jumped on it. I'm like, oh I need to see this. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's there's some creepy stuff going on. 
I do find that the I have my best luck with Japanese horror or Asian horror, really. Oh yeah. I know for them, it, it just for some reason that stuff is creepier and scares me more than you know. Like I'm not a fan of like the slasher film or anything of those. I, I like classic slasher films. I think that like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. that's still scary to me. Yeah, that is because awesome. I have yeah. to say. I love that film. Um, and then I saw a movie called Inbred, which is a UK film. <laughs> this is horrible. Please Inbred. don't see this. It is it's offensively bad. Like there is a long scene. The main villain at one point in the film puts on blackface. Not not even kidding you. He, he does put, they do blackface. He puts on blackface and keeps it on for the rest of the movie and the characters are unlikable they make the dumbest cliched decisions ever i mean just the most illogical horror stereotypical horror movie crap and this this movie is awful it is it is over the top gory though like if you're if you want to see something that's nauseatingly gory you could check this out uh, so what, there is why a, is it called inbred? Uh, because it's about this group of um, caregivers, this guy and this and this girl, and they take this group of teenagers who are like, I guess, the troubled kids away on this country getaway out to the countryside. And they stay in this like dilapidated cabin. Actually, it's a really nice looking cabin, but it's like run down and the village that they go to is full of these just ridiculous looking (laughs) people and they all pretty much die. And then I saw Tenebre, which is the Dario Argento horror film from 1982. This is really good. Any fans of, um, Italian horror again will should jump on this. Very good. There was one there's a couple things about this movie that I found to be kind of odd and the one is that there's a character in this where it's two girls and they're and they're like best friends. They live together, they're roommates. And the scene that introduces the roommate who she's like kind of the stereotypical like slutty roommate they're in a cafe and they're just kind of hanging out and she's just sitting there and her boob is just popped out of her shirt. <laughs> it's just hanging out there. And then later in the movie, she takes some dude back to their apartment and like has sex with him or whatever. And he leaves. And for the rest of the movie, she's walking around with a towel on and one of her boobs is exposed the entire rest of the movie. <laughs> It was just so odd. For no reason. Yeah, like, and she's like holding the towel on herself, but the one boob is just hanging out there. It was just weird. And then there's another scene where a girl gets attacked by a dog, and it's this like 10 minute long chase scene with this dog going after her. And it's like, this is the smartest dog in the world. I mean, she's ducking in and out of yards, going into hopping fences going going into people's houses and this dog is like hunting her and it was like 
It was so random because this is a movie about a serial killer. It has nothing to do with a dog. <laughs> and and uh, that they just, just take it, a break for a dog chase. It felt completely out of place. And they used it as kind of a plot device for her to end up in this specific house. But it was like completely... It was just too coincidental. I mean, what are the odds you're going to end up at the killer's house? And it was, I was not feeling that. But overall, it was an okay movie. Um, I, I saw Wrong Turn 5. Why? This, I it was just, ask. It, it just came out. So I was like, oh, why not? It's, it's horrible in, on every level. Worse than inbred. <laughs> if it can... If that's anything, uh, any indication, it's worse than inbred. Oh, wow. But it's the same plot. It's these kids that get hunted by these hill people. Hill people. Uh, it's, it's awful. Now, I did see Wrong Turn 1 and 2, but I didn't see 3 and 4. So I, I don't say that I didn't even it. know that there was a 3, 4, or 5. Yeah, they keep cranking these out. I mean, they're straight to DVD, but... Anyway, skip that. Please don't rent that. One that did come out, or is coming out on Tuesday, that I really enjoyed was a movie called 247 Degrees Fahrenheit. Now, you would think that this is just kind of your typical thriller, horror movie, but it's actually it's about this group of kids that get locked into a sauna and they can't get out and just the kind of crazy stuff that happens like to their bodies when you're stuck in that kind of environment and I actually enjoyed it it was one of the big things was that the characters were actually likable like I like these characters and I always find that refreshing in a in a horror movie or a thriller when I like the characters. Yeah. Um, this is worth a rental. They don't really, they don't get locked into the sauna until about 35 minutes into the movie. So you do have to go through a lot, a lot of character development and setup before the event actually takes place. And to that, I would say maybe this would work better as a short film, mm. but at the same time, it does kind of establish these characters and their backstories and stuff. So th that's another thing that is not very typical of horror movies, uh, especially ones that involve a group of kids where you don't really know the background or who these people are. And with this movie, they actually had time to do that. So it's nothing great. I mean, it's a straight-to-video kind of B movie, but it is worth checking out. If you liked the movie, I believe it was called Frozen, about the group of kids that get stuck on the ski lift, it's no, similar, yeah. similar to that. Oh, okay. And I actually didn't mind that Frozen movie either. I just think it's kind of interesting, interesting concept, because it's not like a killer or a ghost or whatever. It's just an accidental situation that these people get put in that anybody, I mean, this is a true story too. This actually happened. So yeah, these, these are the types of things that scare me. Like, <laughs> getting like, getting back to like 
you know, the descent. Like if it was just about caving, I mean, you don't even need the crawlers or anything. That yeah. stuff scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Being claustrophobic and everything. And that and the claustrophobia plays a role in this two two forty seven degrees or whatever. And like we like we said before, I like movies about survival. And mm-hmm. this is definitely a survival movie. And it it can be infuriating at times, but stick with it has a decent ending. Yeah, that if I was thrust into that situation, I would probably just lose my shit. Yeah, they, they probably dive like the greatest panic attack ever. And I was thinking about it as I was watching it. And these these people, these kids are they were drinking all night, you know, they were drunk. So they're and, already dehydrated. So they're already dehydrated. They're stuck and in this sauna and the temperature keeps going up and they can't get out. And I can't even imagine what they would be going through. Like, cause I don't know about you, but when I get really hot for like a prolonged period of time, I start to get irritable and you know, you would just start panicking. You would just lose. Yeah. I think I would panic and just start punching faces. Uh, probably just a guess. It sort of goes that direction at one point. I would just throw myself at a wall until I was able to break through it or die one or the other. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's how that's how 247 degrees plays out in my mind. (laughs) So, you know, take it for what it is. It's not great, but it's a light recommendation for me. Um, that's all I got, so let's uh, talk about some Amazon deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get these incredible deals, just go to our site at filmpulse.net. Either click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, or simply click on the provided links in the show notes. First up, we have, again, I mentioned this, I think, last week, Battle Royale Complete Collection Blu-ray, $15. <laughs> last Sunday, it was at like sixteen eighty-eight. Now it's at 15 this is a four-disc Blu-ray set, so if you haven't picked that up yet, do it, because that's a good deal. Yeah. And we have Nightmare Before Christmas, two-disc collector's edition, $19.99. There you go. Big fan. Big fan of Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, and then we have Seven, David Fincher's Seven for $6.99. Jeez. <laughs> $6.99. That's good lord. Seven is one of my all-time favorites, I think. Yeah, that is a modern classic. I still I like Seven more than Fight Club. Hmm. Yep. I'm gonna mm. say it. For a long time it wasn't the case. But I feel like Seven held up better. Hmm. Well, let's go ahead and plow right into this. We're talking about paranormal activity for people. Let's go ahead and read the synopsis. It's been five years since the disappearance of Katie and Hunter and a suburban family witness strange events in their neighborhood when a woman and a mysterious child move in. Hmm. Uh, this is directed How is by... How this going to play out? Yeah, this is directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman. These are the same directors that did the last Paranormal Activity. And it stars Katie Featherston, Catherine Newton, Sprague Graydon, Matt Shively. 
Shit, like the creepy kid Brady Allen. I wrote a review on this for the site, so if you want to read my thoughts in detail, you can go over to the site of filmpulse.net, check out my review. So we'll start with you, Kevin. Let's let's just get this over with. <laughs> uh, let's just say that I I made the mistake of reading reviews. I knew I knew right off the bat that it wasn't going to be that good. I mean, it's number four, and I'm not a huge fan of the first three. But like I said, the main reason I love going to these is just to see the audience's reaction, seeing people freak out is i love it it's fun so accidentally or for whatever reason me and my wife read some reviews before we go now we both were pretty much just like uh this is gonna suck but let's just get it over with because i pretty much only saw this for this purpose for this podcast yeah if i knew we weren't doing a a future review on this i wouldn't have went yesterday (laughs) But, and even like walking in to the movie theater, we just we just looked at each other and it was just that look of like, this is going to suck, but let's just get it over with. Like rip the bandaid off as quick as possible. And my God, it was worse than what I expected. I have not fallen asleep in a movie theater ever. And I almost did three times in this movie. <laughs> it, it, and there was like no reactions whatsoever. There was only six people in the damn movie theater. And it, I, I have a feeling that all of us just took a nap. That's what happened. Like, I don't think anyone watched the film. We just took a nap. It was such a slow build with nothing. There was like nothing in this movie. And they introduced some things like the webcam, which, I mean, that's not really a fucking introduction. People have been doing that for a while now. But the only other main thing is the the connect motion green dot shit, which they like introduced and then really didn't do anything with. It's yeah. just fucking ridiculous. There was nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh... I, I thought that the idea, the webcam thing, like you said, didn't do anything for me. We've seen that before. Um, the Connect I thought, was a cool idea. I liked how in some of those scenes you could see things in the dots and stuff like that, but it wasn't, certainly wasn't enough to... No. <clears throat> and I mean, I, I have to say, like you, when they introduced it, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be awesome. You can do so much with with the connect this is yeah. gonna be great and then they you know you just see like a little figure move and you're like shit that's all you're using it for are you and, kidding and me? yeah and it wasn't even scary that was no. the thing like you're just it was sort of like where's waldo where you're like oh look there's something moving there yeah like you i was deeply disappointed with this movie i uh, i felt like it was a big step back huge for the series because I actually I liked the first three very much. I thought they were scary. They were a good story. I was intrigued by the story, and I liked in the first three that it was one continuous story that they did. It didn't feel complicated to me. It mm-hmm. was 
a concise story and each uh, iteration was another piece that, you know, added to it. And with this one, I felt like not only did it add nothing to this, to the overarching storyline, but it now feels tired. Oh, and now, it, now they we're also f- just completely fucked it up. Just yeah. jumbled the shit out of it. Where now I'm like, what? I don't even understand what the fuck is going on. Who's yeah. the Robbie kid? Yeah, I know. Who the hell is that? I mean, granted, he was creepy as shit, and the kid that played him, Brady Allen, was he's fucking awesome. Yeah, he but, was. And then he just like disappears for the rest of the movie. He's just gone. Yeah. Like you never see him again. And the same with the Ben character. He's there for a little bit, and yeah, they do sort of set it up by saying that he's going to Mexico or whatever, but then he's gone for like the rest of the film until he shows up at the end. And then even the teenage girl for a while is just completely gone. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what the hell is going and, on here? And that was that was one Did of the, the most... Are all these people have like really busy schedules that you couldn't get them together? And um, we'll get into spoilers in just a minute, but I wanted to... I was very frustrated with that because for a while it felt like the momentum was good like the girl and her boyfriend were like setting up the cameras watching the tapes figuring it out looking stuff up and then all of a sudden they're both gone and it's just like what's what's happening and then all of a sudden (laughs) they come back and then they're working on it again but by that point it was like almost over and i'm like what you're getting all this crazy footage and no one looks at it Ever. Right. You spent all this time setting up this shit and then you don't even watch it? Like, that was the most frustrating thing. And it's like, like wh- why even bother? Yeah. And I I mean, I sort of understand it for a little bit because, like, she didn't know how to do it. And he's yeah, in Mexico. They yeah, they did play that out several When times. you have shit going on like this, is it that hard to, like, just send him a text or call him up on the phone and be like, hey, walk me through this real quick? Yeah, <clears throat> I have some footage to watch because crazy shit has been happening. And again, you have the parents that are, you know, completely ignorant to everything that's going on around them. Even when crazy shit happens to them, they they seem to not recognize it. I mean, I'm sorry, but if a knife just disappears from a cutting board and like... And I can't find it, and it's just completely gone. Or like when the guy, when the knife drops in front of the guy. Yeah. Like how does that I, not? That would just. I would round everyone up, and we're staying at like a hotel, maybe. Yeah, we're not I mean, staying there. I would at least tell somebody, because he just kind of was like, "What?" And then and that's it. Yeah, he's like, dude, "Dude, a knife fell," and she's like, "Oh, just come upstairs," and he's like, "Okay." I That's guess. one of them. I I hate movies like this where it's like no one listens to each other, <laughs> you know. And it's just it's so frustrating. But overall, this movie, I'm feeling the fatigue of Paranormal Activity, and I think oh, yeah. that. That's that's the big problem because now that now that we're feeling the fatigue, it's going to be really hard to get back into it. Oh, I'm done with, with the fifth I'm, one. I'm done at four. It's over. <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry, but and at I mean, this, I mean, thing, at this point, I'll I'll wait for reviews. I'm not that big of a fan of the first three, but at least I found with the first three is they were always it was like a training ground almost where they would test new things out, 
And mm-hmm. a lot of times they worked, you know, like the oscillating fan and a lot of all these other elements that they just sort of threw in to see what would work. And then with this one, it just, there was like nothing. Yeah, they. It's like I the felt, laziest filmmaking yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, I feel like they really just went back to the basics and not in a good way. Like when you have Paranormal Activity three, which might be my favorite one out of all of them, the fact that it took place in the eighties and how you had you were utilizing like the technology of the eighties, and I felt like everything looked very eighties in that movie and. Like you said, the oscillating fan was a great uh, tool that they used. But in this one, there was just nothing. It was just so bland and flavorless. Yeah. And just so many of the scares were telegraphed. Yeah, exactly. Like anytime someone got really close to the webcam, you're like, okay, when they back up, something's going to be there. Yeah. And and ding, ding, ding. I was correct. Yay. Yeah, and all the the like the red herrings and stuff were just everything was so obvious in this one, and it was all played out. It was all played out. Um, let's go ahead and get into spoilers for this because I want to talk about the ending. So if if you haven't seen Paranormal Activity four yet, uh, or if you don't care about it being spoiled, we're in the spoiler section now. Spoiler zone. Spoiler in the spoiler zone. zone. For your sh- Shit, shit movie. So let's talk about the end, okay? This ending was nearly the exact same as the last one, if I remember correctly. And a lot less creepy. It wasn't creepy at all. And it was so anticlimactic. And, you know, even even when um, Katie was killing everybody... The exact same as the other ones. There was nothing yeah. new. There was Which nothing was unique. What? That was the second one, right? Well, when even they show even the kill everyone. Even in the first one, when she kills her husband, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm th- I'm thinking of her sister's family, right? Yeah, that was, and, and it worked in the second one because we didn't see it happen. We didn't see it coming. We didn't know <laughs> that that was going to happen. So when it happened, it was like fast and horrible looking and scary in this one we saw it coming we knew that she was going to do that it was slow like when she killed the boyfriend it was like that wasn't shocking to me no you knew it you knew as soon as he was backing up from the webcam she's going to be standing beside him and she's going to kill and then the way that she kills him you're just like oh my god you're phoning this in yeah exactly so boring and I just remember there were certain scenes in the third one that I just like when the when the the demon or whatever picked the girl up by her hair, mm-hmm. and like I was just like there were scenes like that that were so cool. And in this one, there was like that scene in the bathtub when the kids in the bathtub, and I liked that, but they just didn't go anywhere with it. Like they the, it pulled him down, and then he just came back up and went about his business. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, I think he was sort of like possessed at that moment. But even then, you're just like, okay, so he got possessed by being pulled under the water, and now he just doesn't talk anymore? Okay. I don't know. And then, like, what is it, that night or the next night where he goes into his sister's room and sort of, like, levitates her? Yeah. And then that's it. They're done. That was... Just, uh, just going to levitate you for a little bit, and then going back to sleep. 
fun fact in the movie that was november 16th 2011 my birthday oh yeah she levitated on my birthday <laughs> this all i think it all this started like one day after my birthday yeah so i think the first night was on the 11th mm-hmm. the <laughs> who is robbie i want to know who this is this kid is Number one, Robbie is awesome as shit because he has short pants and he wears sandals with socks. <laughs> yeah, and I love how they comment on that in the movie. <laughs> and I mean, he is, he's just, he's sort of like a prick, which I enjoyed. Yeah. He's, he's creepy sort of, too. He's sort of an asshole. He's real he's creepy awesome. looking. I mean, there were, there were certain things about this movie that I did like. I liked with some of the dialogue. The way you, the way you meet Robbie. I thought oh, it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. That scared the shit out of me. On the in the treehouse. Yeah. Yeah. He's just standing there. Just hanging out. I mean, I I I think I gave it what, a three and a half on the site. And I there wasn't there were some things that I did like about it. There were uh, most of that wasn't the scares. You know, in the other yeah. movies, the things that I liked were the scares. But in this one there were a couple lines of dialogue that I found to be funny or whatever. And I did like the, I thought that they used the technology in a believable way, but I just didn't feel like they did it in a scary way. And the end when the, all the women came up, I did not like that. I thought that that was horrendous. It's so stupid. Yeah. It, it was, was like, just oh, big group of women. The ending and was credits. so terrible. Because, again, it was telegraphed. You knew exactly when they got home what was going to happen. Yep. You're like, oh, I know how this movie ends. I can leave and I'm and like I said, missing anything. And like I said before, each of the, the three previous ones pushed the story. You know, they, they were moving it. This one doesn't go anywhere. It's like, I feel like I could. you could just whatever they do in paranormal activity five you could probably just skip over four go right to five and you wouldn't miss anything no and and that's like and like you were saying some of the things that you liked that weren't pretty much none of the scares i liked except when you first meet robbie but the only other thing that i liked which oddly enough is just i sort of like the chemistry between the ben character and the teenage girl i thought mm -hmm. they provided some laughs and it was realistic but yeah. this is a fucking scary movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did laugh. And they at a, failed on all levels in this scary movie part. And this this must have been uh, a definite uh, Apple and Microsoft sponsor because they they really pushed the whole Xbox 360 and MacBook and iPhone. Yeah, and that's what pisses me off so much about the Connect thing. You introduced that. And like I said, I'm all about it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what they do with this. And then 90% of what they do with it is just having the kids talk to no one. Right. And that's yeah. it? That's all you do with it? Are you kidding me? And like the, when they were when they first set it up and they had the uh, how they created the uh, the avatar for the like demon or whatever and it looked real weird. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, that's cool. And then like it started moving on the screen and and uh, the Ben character was like, you know, how how are you doing now? What's going on? And I thought, oh man, that's that's a really cool idea that the Connect picks up this thing and you can see it moving on the screen, 
in like the avatar, but they never went back there and they showed it for yeah. like two seconds. Yeah, it was. This is very disappointing all around. All huge around, just waste. It was essentially just them like, hey, let's put green dots on everything. Do you want to use it to scare anyone? No, I just want green dots. That's it. Well, I think the green dots were cool, but I don't think that they did it. I think that there could have been something better for them to do with the motion capture dots. Like the one when they first did it and you could see like there there was like a figure sitting on the couch. Like I thought Mm -hmm. that that was cool. I was like, oh, cool. But then they just did the same thing over and over. And like when the when the figure was like following the kid down the stairs, I was like, that's that's lame. It's not cool. No. Like didn't I look said, good. you just was... sort of like pick up on it. You're like, oh, there's a figure. Yeah, it was just... But it didn't do anything. Just like, oh, there's a mass of something. And the big... I guess the big twist in this was that the whole time you're supposed to be thinking that the, the Robbie kid is actually Katie's son, Hunter. But in fact, it's Wyatt, the dun, other dun, kid. Dun. <laughs> and when they... When they did that, like, big reveal, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not surprised, even though it makes zero sense, because who the fuck is Robbie? Yeah, that's that's what I, that was the only thing that did to me, like, okay, so why, alright, he's adopted, and he's actually Hunter, gotcha, but who the fuck is Robbie? I mean, maybe there's something that I missed in the previous films that indicate who that kid is. Or but but what why like why is he even there? Like they said, they mentioned something about like him get preparing or getting ready for for whatever. But I, I just it was just a nothing. They didn't do anything. No, they did absolutely nothing. All right. Well, do you I have almost any other, fell asleep three times. Do you, do you have any other spoilers before we get out of this? Spoilers. Uh... Everything was just awful. I don't know if that's really a spoiler, <laughs> but just awful. All the scares, the deaths, everything. Just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yep, I agree. All right, we are back from the spoiler section. I think that we can all safely say that Paranormal Activity 4 is a failure. Huge. Now, what are you going to give it out of 10? I give it... Two. Two out of ten? Two mostly for short pants. That's it. <laughs> short pants. Yes. <laughs> he had the short pants, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um the only re the only reason I gave it a three and a half is because there were one or two scenes that I liked and I did I did find the dialogue to be pretty good. So um sticking with my three and a half, but <laughs> as far as a horror movie goes, it's pretty much bottom of the barrel. Yeah, this is, I think I said, like, I I make bad decisions a lot of times in my life. This is one of them. <laughs> and what made it worse was I knew it was a bad decision going in, but I still did it. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. Wrong turn five. <laughs> I, I, I make bad decisions on a daily basis, and I know <laughs> it. But you know what? That's just, that's movies. All right, so... I think that wraps up our little PA4 discussion. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Don't see it, please. Uh, let's move on. Go over our predictions. Uh, we said uh, 
Holy Motors, you said 64. I said 69. Actual, 92. Wow. 92 on Holy Motors. I'm very excited to see that. Get the hell out of here. Uh, Paranormal Activity 4, you said 67. I said 62. Actual, 29. Another bad decision. (laughs) Yeah. How did I think 60? Well, the the other ones were rated quite high, so... And and that's the thing, like nobody thought Paranormal Activity three was gonna be any good. Yeah, but it true. turned out to be pretty decent. That's true. Uh, then we have Alex Cross. You said forty four, I said forty, actual thirteen. <laughs> oh. uh. <laughs> I mean we we both knew that, that wasn't gonna be any good, but Yeah. Hmm. And finally, we have the sessions. You said 88. I said 82. Actual 95 on the sessions. That's, oh, yeah. uh, that's looking good for Oscar, I think. Oh, yeah. That's going to be. Oh, speaking of Oscars, did you hear the Joaquin Phoenix rant? No. On the Oscars? Yeah. He looks at Oscars as carrots and he thinks that they're complete bullshit and he wants nothing to do with them. Hmm. Well, I'm and he glad hates that... the Oscars. He'll probably be singing a different tune if he wins. I don't know. He's he sounded pretty pissed off, and he was and he sort of talked about his, when he was nominated for uh, Walk the Line, and he was just saying that it was like the worst experience to go through, and he never wants to go through it again. I can't imagine it would be a, a well. I don't know. Oh, I I'm not a fan of the Oscars, but then again, I'm not an actor. You know, like to me, it's like. You should be grateful. Even though it's the Oscars, it's still like the most coveted award that you can get for being an actor or a filmmaker. So it's like, it's easy. I mean, yeah, sure. I'll shit on the Oscars all day, but I'm not going to be in a position where I could be nominated for one. I mean, I would, if I was an actor, I would consider it an honor anyway. Anyway, Oscars, go fuck yourself. (laughs) <laughs> well we'll we'll see once the nominee the nominees come out uh, that that'll be the the test what well, doesn't matter you know we we crap on the oscars all the time and yet we watch them every year and we predict them and we talk oh, about yeah. them i mean that's it's the just, only reason i like them it's just I, we turned it into a game yeah all right next week we have cloud atlas this is the epic tom hanks halle berry film what are you thinking on this? Uh, personally, I think it's going to be a pile of shit, but I think it'll be like a 74. Pile of shit, huh? I Just for some reason, I just, I just get that feeling from it. Hopefully I'm wrong. Personally, you think it looks like shit, or you just think that it'll turn out bad? I just, I personally think that it's going to be not good. It's going to be shitty. Do you want to see it? I do want to see it because I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but I have mm. a feeling that I'm not. I'm going to say 76 on that. And we have Silent Hill Revelation 3D. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, see, I actually like the first Silent Hill movie. I did too, actually, except the ending. I didn't like the ending. It was, um, I, I, it was fine, I guess. It went a little overboard, but. Yeah. I'm going to say 32. I'm going to say 24. Yeah, I just can't see. 
I do like the fact that they got pretty much everybody from the first one back for this one. But at the same time, <laughs> I just can't see it doing well. And we have Fun Size. This Ooh. is the Nickelodeon tween. This movie Halloween. looks amazing. <laughs> what are you going to say for this one? Fuck. Yeah, like a negative eight. Negative eight? Mm-hmm. Did they go negative? <laughs> no, I wish they did. That would be great. No, I'm going to say like 20. 20? Okay, I'm going to say 14. I like yours better. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have Chasing Mavericks. This is the Gerard Butler, supposedly true story, surfing movie. And this To me, this looks just like Soul Surfer or one of those other... Like, why, why, can't, ever. why can't they just make a a surfing movie that's just about surfing and and not try to make it all like inspirational yeah like it's gonna change your life and teach you how to be a better person i'm gonna say 42 on that one Mm, i'm gonna say 48 48 all right all right so we'll check back next week and see what's going on there and how poorly we did and how poorly we did DVD and Blu-ray releases. This is for Tuesday, October 23rd, 2012. First up, we have Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. We gave this a 6 out of 10 on the site, which I totally disagree with, even though uh, I run the site. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Uh, What did you give it? What did I give it? Um, I would say 4. 4? Probably 4 or 3.5, 4. Oh, no. I didn't like it at all. It's it sounds like it'd be it's goofy, you know, but it's not. They play it straight, and that's what really sucks about it. Mm. If you're gonna make a movie called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, then can't be serious. <laughs> yeah, come on, give me a break. And we have Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. We gave this a four and a half out of it's, ten on the site. Is that what I gave it? Yeah, I would like to change that. <laughs> okay. Change that to like a fucking two. A two out of ten. I've yeah. never had a movie piss me off so much than the way this movie has. I'm still yeah, pissed really, off by it. You really hate this. Hate I this movie. Fucking hated it. I didn't like it, but bullshit. It says seeking a friend for the end of the world, not fucking seeking my soulmate for the end of the world. It's true. Turning into a fucking rom com. It is a rom com. With minus the calm. Not a lot of calm in the second half. Not at all. Jesus um, Christ. They just, they just flip a switch. Completely change the film. Yeah. Yep. Assholes. And we have Magic Mike. Gave this a 7.5 out of 10 on the site. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh. Big fan of this. Really surprisingly good, this one. So I'm recommending that yes i will be seeing this yeah check that out it's really this one and like if you're a dude and you're like want to see a movie about male strippers like just put that aside and just go see it put your homophobia aside and go see it (laughs) get over it it's it's not what you think it's not dudes like sticking their junk into the into the lens of the camera (laughs) 
Uh, that's what Ryan probably thinks it is. I think there's actually more female nudity in Magic Mike than there is male nudity. So, if women just can't win. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they can't win. Uh, then we have Take This Waltz. We gave this a 6.5 out of 10 on the site. I didn't like this. Yeah, this is extremely disappointing. I did not I, like it. Yeah, I mean, this is six, another movie that pissed me off. Six and a half out of ten. Like, I'll I'll accept that. I'm like, I'm cool with that number, and I understand why a lot of people like it. But I think it's one of those movies that you watch and you're like, oh, I should like this. I'm supposed to like this. I am very interested to see her new movie though, the documentary about her family. I hear that it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it looks really, really good. Very interested to see that. Uh, finally, The Ambassador. I, I We didn't review this on the site, but I highly recommend this. Very interesting documentary. Which, by the way, I should say is playing instant on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Right now. So you can, if you got Netflix, just watch it on there. There you go. Definitely check that out. I also want to see his other movie, Red Chapel, where he goes into North Korea. I think that that looks pretty cool. North Korea. Mods Bruger. Oh. I have uh, the Mondo poster for the ambassador as well as his autograph on it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that wraps it up for me. Did you have any on the list? Uh, just one Criterion Sunday, Bloody Sunday by John Schlesinger, the director yeah. of uh, Marathon Man. Midnight Cowboy. It's a film from 1971 being put out on, uh, I think it was already one criterion. Yeah, it's just getting right. a Blu ray update. Yes, I believe you're correct. All right, I think that wraps it up. For all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedbackfilmpulse.net or call our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I am Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch House of the Dead 2 in honor of Silent Hill, Revelations 3D. latest film news and reviews visit visit us let me restart that get it get it together come on